welcome to the 1001 Books podcast, where we usually read the 1001 books the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they're really worth your time. I'm Nicole. According to my library, I really love books about magic. And I'm Chelsea, a lover of any fantasy novel with a strong female lead and a new mom desperately searching for time to read. I'm nervous because we're coming up on the end of the year, and I don't know what I'm going to change that to. <laughs> Guys, it's really stressing me out. Um, you know, small problem, big problem. But Yes. Well, I said we usually do that because today we're um, doing something a little different. We're having a mini-sode where we're taking a stroll into the 1001 children's books you're supposed to read before you die and bringing you a holiday-themed episode and reading The Christmas Carol by Charles, D- Charles Dickens, which came out in 1843 originally, yeah. um, which is, this has been kind of a fun departure from our normal books about communism and and men's like wish fulfillment. Yeah, it was nice. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was short. It was quick. I listened to the audiobook that is free on Audible right now. In case when you're listening to this, it was going to be out free, free on Audible out through the new year. I'm pretty sure. So, in case you want to, you know, you're listening to it when it's right released. You want to listen to the audiobook. It was narrated by Hugh Grant. Oh, that's fun. So that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good narration. It was only about three hours long. It was real yeah, quick. Yeah, I, it's like I, my edition of the book. It's a hundred pages, and I read it in yeah. one sitting. Um, before we get too far into it, um, so Christmas Carol is a story that we know. We yeah. in fact read this book once before in sixth grade together in a class. <laughs> I don't remember any feelings about it from nope. being then. No, you neither. Uh, no. <laughs> Do you have like um, Christmas Carol memories or like adaptations that you like like in the holiday season? The Muppet one. Yes, obviously that's the best one. Yeah, uh, that's about all I got. Yeah, I pretty much watch that Muppet one every year, and, yeah. and this year, my husband that like, he'd never seen it, and I was like, okay, and we like got it. We were like ready to push play, and I was like, the important thing to know about this one is that. Michael Caine, who plays Scrooge in it, he told he said he would only do the movie if he got to act like he was in the Royal Shakespeare Company and not acknowledge that he was surrounded by puppets, and and I was like, and that's what makes the movie, yeah. And then that is it was what great. Makes the movie, it's great. Yeah, um, and it was yeah, it was very enjoyable. And I never really watched any other version of it. I just like the Muppet version. I mean, I feel like I've seen a couple of other versions, but like, just they were on TV, and I. Let yeah. them run in the background. The Muppet version is the is the version. The definitive it. version, yes. I also, <clears throat> when we were reading this book, because I don't remember it at all from when we read it in sixth grade. Um, but the Muppet version is very true to the story. Yeah, and they take in the Muppet version, Gonzo is Charles Dickens as the narrator, and they take lines directly out of the book and yeah. put them in Gonzo's mouth. And so then I could only read this picturing Gonzo <laughs> saying them, which is fun. <laughs> No, yeah, I I was reading it and I didn't realize how true the adaptation was, and I kept going and I was like, "That's exactly what happened in the book or in yes. the movie." Yeah. So good on Jim Henson and the Muppets. Yeah. As a as a just a aside, not that long ago, I was talking. Yeah, my husband and I were talking about Muppet movies, and I googled something, and apparently Muppet Treasure Island, which I've never seen actually, but it's like a very one. Like, That's it's, a big it's one It's my too. husband's favorite Muppet movie. It's apparently. Everyone considers that the best, like literary English students consider the Muppet Treasure Island the best adaptation of that story. 
Oh my god! Because it's because it's so close to the book, and it's the only one who really follows the book. Around. That's hilarious. <laughs> so it's just like the Muppets are about realism, yeah, and, and they're committed to their craft and they're their storytelling. Very committed. Yeah. Um. That's hilarious. Next year goal: that. let's have Kermit as a guest. <laughs> that's hilarious. I didn't know that that one is so true. I love the Muppet Treasure Island. Ooh, yeah. Well, behind the Muppet, mm, I don't know. Maybe those are a toss up. Mm, yeah. Are there other Muppet movies? There's like just the one called the Muppet movie that the first one that came out like in the 80s or 70s. I'm not sure. And my mom always talks about it was a big deal because you saw for the first time ever you saw Kermit's legs and he was riding a bicycle and it was like a big deal. Mm. Like she saw it in theaters twice or something like it was a big deal. And then there's like the more recent movies with um, what's his face who's Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. I've only seen Christmas Carol and Treasure Island. Yeah. I don't even know that I've ever seen the original Muppet movie. I don't think I've seen the original one. I saw the. I think I saw those two re- more recent ones, yeah. and then the Christmas Carol, and that's it. Yeah, and I think there's some other ones, but and there's and I've seen some like there's another holiday special Muppet holiday special, but it's not on the Christmas Carol, and mm-hmm. and then this story is play, like there's there's a lot of. Like every, it's like every sitcom tries to do a version of this. Every yeah, there's that really terrible movie, um, the ghosts of my girlfriend's past or something that's like Chris and it's like oh being yeah. haunted by and that one's really terrible <laughs> there's another one called Scrooged and it's mm-hmm. yeah that's one yeah I it's the Muppets for me though yes yeah so I really like this book um I it actually is on the thousand ones children's book list mm-hmm. um which we thought was really interesting and I can see how that because especially with it on audiobook you could um, totally listen to it with like a ten or eleven year old, though it is it does have some kind of gruesome like. Well, it's still Victorian, yeah. you know. Eighteen came out eighteen forty three originally. Yeah. Um, I love it that because in this reading it compared to any TV or movie version of it, it's very apparent that Charles Dickens was writing and it was meant to be a ghost story primarily. Like this is a scary. Yeah. Christmas story, which is kind of fun because you just don't see, like, Hallmark's not making those, you no. know? <laughs> no, it's meant to be a story of, like, you done fucked up your life, sir. The ghosts Yeah, are it's a morality. Like, it's a fable, like all of Dickens' books, but in, like, a much more fun and um it's like he takes all the um morals from every his long books like bleak house and squeezes them down into 100 pages yeah Uh, money bad yes and it's uh and it's yeah it's good um i also yeah it it was it was like i was like oh it has surprising depth like there's things in here about um caring for each other Mm -hmm. and like caring caring for the poor and and how like the idea that you make your own chains by the selfish decisions you make in yeah, life is like pretty compelling, <laughs> you know? And two, um, there's like the idea that even the nephew, even if he's not being kind back, if, you know, if Scrooge is not responding to his kindness, he's going to keep showing up and being kind because it doesn't do him any harm to do that. Yeah. And it's the gesture that should be done. I really like that. Uh, <laughs> It's just overall, it was so much fun, and I it made me it, it felt very Christmassy to listen. Yes, I was glad to have bought it. Cause like, oh, I'm gonna reread this like every yeah. year or something. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, and of course, I had to buy a copy that had a beautiful cover. Yes, mine is also beautiful. Oh, I like yours better mm-hmm. than mine. I think. Yeah, this is the three dollar one. It's mm. red with snowflakes. <laughs> mine has a, a night sky and then a city off in the distance. That's nice too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I. <laughs> Um, and 
I was also surprised because I didn't what I didn't remember is like in the Muppet version, the three <laughs> ghosts, like two of the ghosts, like aren't really Muppets. Like they're the ghost of Christmas past is like a kind of a sprite, like made out of yeah. light. And then like the ghost of Christmas yet to come is just like a big, tall, scary black Grim Reaper in garbage bags mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, at least I always thought it looked like garbage bags when I was a yeah. kid. And, and and I was like, oh, I like I don't know why did they not make them Muppets? But then it's like, oh, those are exactly how the characters are described in the book. And I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I I um, this made me feel very nostalgic for things that make me think of Christmas, like books or media or things like that. So, is there anything outside? Because the Muppet Christmas Carol is one of those things mm-hmm. to me. And I, similar to you, I was reading it and I was picturing Muppets. (laughs) Um, So, you know. Uh, But is there any other, like, media that makes you just like, this is Christmas? Oh, yeah, definitely. My family always watches It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve after Mm -hmm. whatever, like, holiday gathering we're having. And it was, like, a big deal when I got old enough to stay up and watch it. Um, And then the other one I really love is the movie, the musical White Christmas um that's that's uh like a staple in my family so much so that the my mom was just telling me yesterday that the other night she was gonna watch it and my dad was like going in the other room to do something else and she was gonna like quote him something from the movie and before she even opened her mouth he said you're gonna watch white christmas like he guessed <laughs> it, but just by the look on her face that's um funny. so that yeah that's definitely one for me and then i've also been noticing that uh often we'll like go and lie in bed at like nine o'clock and read or watch TV or whatever in there. But we haven't been doing that because we want to stay out where we can look at the tree. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. For me, um, the like old animation movie, the claymation movie that is the one that is very Christmas to me is a year without a Santa Claus. Yeah. That's like, I, I probably haven't seen that since I was like six. <laughs> Gosh, I, that was my mom's favorite growing up. And like, I can sing all the songs still. <laughs> and that's the only one of those that I watch oh. is that year without a Santa Claus. Um, you know, Mr. Heatmiser and Mr. Um, Mr. Heat and Mr. I- Ice Miser. I can't remember what the other one's called, but they sing songs about it. It's great. Mm. Um, and then one that I saw, the reason I brought this up is because when I was looking at the Christmas Carol on Audible um, to see if they had a free version, there is they're redoing this book called the cinnamon bear okay the cinnamon bear was a radio show in the 1950s that i had a tape version of oh wow growing up and it's the story of these two kids who get pulled into this like magical world um and they're following the something something dragon i can't think of it now because tired no sleep baby uh but they're like following this dragon through this magical world and it's centers around christmas as well and i hadn't thought of that book or that audio like replay of the radio um in like years (laughs) and i saw that audible is redoing it having it revoiced and like updated because there's like references to things that obviously are from the 1950s that like even i in the 80s didn't know what it was like the little girl in the story really wants a velocipede oh (laughs) which i'm pretty sure i googled it no this was pre-google 
I don't know how, but I somehow figured out. I think it's a, a like a blankety thing. Mm. Um, but like there's references to things that don't make sense now. So they're updating it. And I was like, I really want to listen to it. But because it was a radio show, it's like 15 hours of audio because mm. it would be a little half hour show that they would yeah. they did leading up to Christmas. Um, That's fun. And so that was like a very big like sense memory that all of a sudden was really, really <laughs> triggered. And I've been thinking about it since. And I um, yeah. And would I want Will to listen to that? Because I remember listening to it over and over like I almost broke the tapes of the <laughs> Cinnamon Bear. And so that's a very big one for me. And then I don't know what other one. Those two are my real big like Christmas yeah. media. When it comes to books, are, are, do you ever read? I feel like there's kind of a category, a genre of books that are sort of cozy Christmas romance or maybe fiction and a lot of times people seem to like oh in december i'm just gonna read those type of books i don't think i've ever read one of those i also am like not a fan like that's not just like the type of book i like however last year i got one called the holidays d-a-z-e um from book of the month club and and it was and it was it wasn't quite that because there was like sex in it, but it was it was about basically like a Groundhog's Day situation where a young woman is like all like these couple of families have gathered for Christmas every year for their whole child at this cabin, and now that all the kids are ad- adults, young adults, mm-hmm. and they find out that the the family who owns the cabin is going to have to sell it, and so it's like their last Christmas at the cabin, and she like likes one of the the sons of another one of the families and then she keeps reliving like the days at the last the day at the oh. cabin and then she'll like hit a point where she like messes something up and then she'll reset at the beginning of the trip again um and that one was actually pretty fun like i it wasn't i looked at it this month and was like should i reread this this month and i was like maybe next year like give it a year in between but it was um maybe i could get into that category um if it's the right thing i just i think i just love anything that's sort of a ground it's a time travel i love a groundhog's day for like situation yeah so um, it's more the groundhog's day not the christmas it would, but it was like i like christmas <laughs> if a book has christmas in it i like it but. i did watch quite a few um hallmark movies at the beginning of december this year just as like background noise while doing work and i'm just gonna say uh all the ones on netflix most of them are terrible just terrible yeah uh, but off screen, I, cause I don't remember the name. I'll have to look up. There was one good one this year that I watched and I was like, I'm into this. I'm into it. It's so good. Yeah. I love that you called the ones on Netflix Hallmark movies because my parents this year, like they gave up their cable and they're just using all of the streaming services yeah. that like their children pay for. And my dad always watched Hallmark movies, even though he says he's not into Christmas. He's like, you love the Hallmark channel all year round, but especially the Christmas ones. And he'd watch them all in July when they do like Christmas in the summer. Yeah. And then he'd watch them. So he doesn't have access to that now. And so they've been watching all the Netflix ones. And I was like, basically Hallmark is just an adjective for that kind of movie. It's like Kleenex. It just describes, it's not the brand anymore. It's beyond that. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, you obviously agree. Yeah, no, I think that Hallmark movies really are, it's just synonymous with cozy movies, cozy Mm -hmm. Christmas. A lot of, like, most of the time Hallmark movies are fade to black, kind of like, they don't Mm. really have the sex scenes or any of that, it's just Yeah, and they just kiss in the last second and the movie's over. They always end very abruptly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, um, I definitely feel like this year is feeling more like a Christmas season. Mm, Yeah. Than 2020. 
I mean, yeah. I wonder why. But uh, <laughs> and so that's really, really nice because I'm more into I put up some decorations and thinking about Christmas stuff. Whereas last year, one, I was heavily pregnant, but also I just like wasn't as didn't feel as Christmas. Yeah, I feel like even though we didn't do any of our normal traditions last year because it was 2020, it felt really Christmassy because we did all this extra stuff that I wouldn't normally do. Like, we made a gingerbread house because we just had a lot of time on our hands still. And uh, this year, I don't, I think it might feel less for me, but I also think just because work has been stressful. And so yeah. I think once, um, like, I, it's been like, Stress about work. Hey, decompress. Oh, this is enjoyable. Oh, now I'm stressed about work again. Yeah. Um, but I am really looking forward to being able to sh- see people in like not on their porches at Christmas, you know, and do something more typical. I know that's going to be just so nice. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say about this book is that there's lots of spots in it. Um, I feel like it really like it alludes heavily to Christianity without being direct about it. You know, like and. Um, which is interesting for its time. I feel like I would expect it to be more direct, actually. But, it, you know, it talks about, like, like there's this quote. Uh, there's some upon this earth of yours, return the spirit, who claim to know us and who do their deeds of passion, pride, ill will, hatred, envy, bigotry, and selfishness in our name, who are strange to us and all our kith and kin as if they had never lived. Remember that and charge their doings on themselves, not us. Yeah. So that's like straight out of the Bible, like in Revelation, when Jesus is like, I know you not. You say that you, you've served me, and, but you actually are using my name to, for yeah. to big, big Well, and it referenced like, uh, there was another couple in there. Yeah, I marked several passages like that. Um, and yeah, they're just really sweet. And I don't know, yeah, it's just very wholesome, and I and I and I like it has such a central place. I think it's like that everybody knows the story, and and then it's like actually the source material is good, which is not always the case. I know. I'm honestly surprised. Now, and this isn't to say I think this should be on the Thousand One Books list, but we've read some real duds. Yeah, <laughs> on the Thousand One Books list, and I would have been content with this one being on the Thousand yeah, One Books list. Yeah, like let, why don't we just put this one on our list? Because like, I do think people should read it. Um, and yeah. I would have kept it because I think that it is, um, it is a really good morality tale for its time mm-hmm. that isn't like you're saying it has illusions, but it's not preachy. It is like a snapshot of its time, but there's not really any, um, there's not a lot of like race or like sexism things that are really like overt like things yeah. from that time can have um it very much translates still yeah in a way that some of the books we've read haven't mm-hmm. and i wonder when i think about authors on this list like was this type of book not on the list because they already wanted to put certain amounts of dickens on the list and so like this is not Right. Like, that's why it got cut. In that case, I maybe understand. But, or was it not on the list? Because, you know, when you're hoity-toity, like, making a list like this, uh, a little book about Christmas can't be <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. So I wonder almost what was the reasoning it wasn't on the list? Because it does feel like, to some extent, it does fit in with what I imagine books on the list being. Yeah. I also feel like even if you don't celebrate 
Christmas religious, like religiously or whatever, the um, it's kind of a shift and it, it's earlier in time than I would have expected because it's almost it's advocating more for like the Christmas spirit isn't mm-hmm. particularly a religious thing. It's not, you know, it's just about it's a time of year when we should all think about loving each other well yeah and that doesn't have to be coming from any particular religion and I, that principle love is i think is in every religion <laughs> love, yeah. you know and so it's uh i think that makes it pretty timeless yeah so i just find that interesting i mean i bet it has more to do with um dickens breadth of work and not wanting to put too many dickens books on a list which i totally get but there's a small part of me that's just maybe thinks they're like thumbing their nose up at like mm-hmm. this little christmas book yeah because more and more, I don't trust the authors of our thousand one books list. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm suspicious. I'm suspicious. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe when we started this, we should have just been doing the thousand one children's books list. It would certainly have been easier to do. God, we could be. But like, I didn't really want to own the thousand children books as much as I want to own the thousand. We would be halfway done by now. Yeah. <laughs> just we like, have read all the picture books, like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, like, okay, we're doing ten board books today. And <laughs> so are we committing to another list? No. <laughs> uh, uh, if there was a se- in a second lifetime, we could do that. I really feel like it'd be fun, though, to do, uh, like, a mini sort of, like, here are ten books from the zero to five range. Here, yeah. We did that books. once before where we read books from the children's list. Yeah. But, but we didn't do it, like, by age range. Like that would be really fun. Those would be fun mini sets. Maybe in the next year that would be a fun, like, little, like, short dive, like. Yeah, in between the long books about yeah, war well, and stuff. Because this is a nice, like, <laughs> yeah, break. Just pleasant. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that's all we have. But I do maybe want to reference alluding to that if you're listening to this now, um, look forward in the next couple weeks for our, like, year-end review episode. Yeah, so we have a tradition on the podcast that at the end of the year we release an episode where we pick out our favorite books that we read that year in a bunch of categories. They're not necessarily 2021 releases, but they're just the books that came across our path that year. Uh, and then we'll also talk about our reading goals for 2022. Yeah. Um, and then also we have officially booked our podcast retreat for the year. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be coming to you in an episode where we do a readathon, uh, which we're going to do in January. It should come out, out shortly after that. Yeah. Uh, where we're going to read 24 and 48 hours. Yeah, 24 hours of the 48, and I think we're both trying to think of some themes for that yes. this year. Which we did accomplish. We've tried twice before. First time we didn't make it. Second time we did succeed. That is one of our lost episodes that didn't make it out before yeah. COVID happened, but we're going to probably try to put it out soon um, before we do this next one. Yeah, so we are just so excited that you are joining us on this journey, and thank you for listening to us. And um, I guess this is coming out as – The holiday season is wrapping up this year, so if your holidays have already happened, I hope they were a great holiday. And if they are coming up for you, well, happy holidays to you as you're heading into this um, season of just time with family. So uh, until next time, happy happy reading. reading!